Thank you. Welcome to the show. I'm Rebecca Rush. It is wonderful to be here. Uh, last night, I've been in San Francisco a few days. I live in New York. And last night, I got thrown up on a show last minute. And we have CBD in New York, but it isn't real. There's no actual CBD in it, which I didn't learn until my cramps gummies kicked in. And I went and got on stage, and they're like, give it up for Ruby Rush. Oh, and also, before that, a girl in the green room was named Aviva. You never hear about any girls named Aviva, but that was my name when I was an escort. So, <laughs> so my edible kicks in. This was last night. And then there's Aviva. So part of my brain is like, Aviva was fun. And then they're like, Ruby Rush. And then like Ruby Rush did comedy. And I was just like high in the corner. But Ruby Rush sounds like tall. You know, like she sounds fancy. I couldn't pull off a Ruby Rush. She sounds like she flies private, you know? Like she's joined the Mile High Club. Last week, I masturbated on the Megabus. Just like, you know, just like throw an arm up, get into like female road warrior pose. I'm not a Ruby Rush. Uh, I've been making my living off performing for a while. Mostly oral. <laughs> my last job before that, more about that on the dirty show. Um, my last job before that, I was a nanny for one of those like hippie cheerleader women that like somehow makes spirituality like a cheer competition, and then they have a kid, and then I get to come in and be the nanny. Like I don't. She's like the kind of woman where I feel like she'd get mad if a girl she didn't like touched her hula hoop. Like the mom, not the kid. <laughs> But so I get there to nanny and I have no experience and she's just like, hi, this is my daughter. I stole her name from a Tibetan mantra. She's like, she's dairy free, gluten free, soy free, nitrate free, nut free, screen free. That's not even a food. Uh, and she's not allergic to any of those things, right? Her mother's just preparing her to be annoying in restaurants. And screen free means she's like not allowed to watch a movie, use an iPad, she's rich, she's four years old. Like I wasn't prepared for that. You know what I mean? I didn't sign up for that job. But with, and her mother's there all the time. I'm like fine, my parents don't trust me either. Game on. But if I stopped paying attention to this kid for one second, her mother would like come out of the office and she'd be like, listen, listen. Raising a toddler is about presence. And then she would disappear. <laughs> and she had like pictures of herself like all over the house, like in all these different countries, you know, because she like loves other cultures so much. And I understand it's like really hard for these women. I don't mean to sound like I can't imagine how competitive it is to be like a rich woman with a baby in this day and age. Like you gotta have an orgasmic birth, you gotta like work full time, but from home, you know, you gotta have like seven your kid has to like come out knowing eight different languages. You have to wear a yoni egg which is an egg-shaped crystal that you wear in your vagina until a dragon hatches. <laughs> or you sneeze in Sedona, whichever comes first. Um, so I, like, I understand that it's like hard for her, but Jesus Christ. Um, so she had these pictures of herself all over the house. And she'd be like, oh, that one? I'm like, I didn't ask. She'd be like, that's me in India, just like ruining yoga with other white women. <laughs> I mean, just like ruining yoga so hard, I don't even fart anymore. <laughs> I just release sacred winds now. Oh, that? That's me in Costa Rica. 
doing ayahuasca with a shaman named Mackenzie. <laughs> but like, oh, can you imagine like having this kid at the park in the summer and like the ice cream truck goes by and you gotta like explain it to her in a language that she understands? Like why she can't have ice cream? You have to be like, your mommy cares more about your gut bacteria than your heart chakra. <laughs> but the last day I was there, and you never know what it is, do you? Um, the last day I was there, I had like a good Facebook post, so I stopped paying attention to her, and she went running for her mother going, mommy, 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 I want boobies. I want boobies now. And her mother comes out of her office and she pulls out a dry ass boobie. Like a puff of dust comes out of it. And she starts breastfeeding her right in front of me. Yes, yes sister. And I'm just standing there like an asshole, like, hey, 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 that's dairy. <laughs> Are you ready to start the show? <laughs> Up first, all the way out of Los Angeles, please put your hands together for Winter Spears. Hello, Hall. How's everybody doing tonight? We're gonna start with my song. I hope you guys enjoy it. You're a rich girl. And he's gone too far, but you know it don't matter anyway. He can rely on the GOP. Well, maybe not. Look at Scarmucci. Ain't it rich girls that he got this far? Never thought it would happen this way. Whoever thought he would be 45, he would be 45. Just for you guys. Okay, guys, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Winter Spears. Thank you. I spell winter with a Y, not because I'm pretentious, but because my mother is. 
Hey, mom, how you doing? <laughs> My last name is Spears, like Brittany. The Brittany is silent. Uh, people are always making jokes about my name. They sing songs. They quote Shakespeare. Once when this woman met me after talking to me on the phone, she looked at me and she said, oh, you're not at all what I was expecting. I said, what were you expecting? A Republican professional skier from Utah? <laughs> I am. In fact, I'm Mitt Romney's sixth child. <laughs> what we wouldn't give for a Mitt Romney presidency, am I right? <laughs> Guys, we were so smug. We were like, oh. I don't want Mitt Romney to be president. I don't want John McCain to be president. We would all take up a collection right here, right now, to get either one of those people into the White House. <laughs> uh, guys, um, I went to a double baby shower not too long ago. Two of my friends pregnant, but gifts for the babies. And uh, it got me to thinking about all the things that we do as women for our friends, because whenever it's a wedding, it's never just one shower, is it? It's the showers and the shoes and the dresses and the destination weddings to Punta Cana or wherever. Uh, the bail money, depending upon who your friends are. Uh, but we do this because we love our friends and we think to ourselves, one day, it's going to be all about me. One day, it's going to be my turn. I've reached a certain point in my life. I've neither gotten married nor had children. So my question is, is it weird? Is it wrong? Is it awkward? If I'm looking for a deposit into my PayPal, a gift card, a check, these student loans are not paying themselves, is what I'm saying. Guys, I reached a certain point in my life, and I feel like I'm very clear on where I would succeed and where I would falter as a fiance and a wife. Now, notice I say fiance and wife and not girlfriend, because at this point in my career, it's MVP title all the way. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to be your girlfriend, but no, the girlfriend is not my end game. So uh, one of the traditions of marriage, it says that uh, an engagement ring is supposed to be three months salary. I wouldn't necessarily require that. Uh, what I'm looking for is 14 t-shirts I can put into rotation that say I'm engaged. And then we can take the rest of that money and put it toward my college loans. Um, guys, um, I am originally from Chicago. And thank you. And I love going back to Chicago to visit. What I don't enjoy is airline travel and how they make you put all your lotions and your oils into those little 3.4 ounce containers. If I could once again take a full-size can of aerosol hairspray onto an airplane, I would beat a terrorist to death with a curling iron. <laughs> um, one of the reasons I love living in Southern California is that my best friend lives there. And I get to hang out with my niece all the time. It was her birthday this weekend, guys. She turned nine. <laughs> Um, and one of the things that I love hanging out with her, she's amazing. Uh, I do have a bone to pick with her, however. Her favorite restaurant, the place she wants to go after every Girl Scout meeting and cello lesson is the soup plantation. She's in fourth grade, she doesn't know what a plantation is yet. And let's talk about their drinks for a minute. At the Soup Plantation, they have a drink called Front Porch Lemonade. Right? That's where I was, right? That's where I was. Right? Not feeling it, right? Right. That's exactly where I was, Kevin. But I thought to myself, okay, let's follow this logic down the rabbit hole. What's next? Field hand iced tea? House slave Arnold Palmer? Uh, guys, let me take a minute to educate you about a public health concern. You've heard about the flu virus. You've heard about Ebola. Let me take a minute to talk to you about our next public health crisis. 
minority blindness. If you work with five or less minorities of the same gender and ethnic type, and you're constantly calling them by the wrong name, you may have minority blindness. There's a student at the school where I used to work who's been stricken with this horrible disease. I know this because she mistook me for the lone black female senior student at the school. I was walking down the hall and she walked up next to me and she said, oh my God, I think our class got canceled. I wanted to feel bad for her, but all I'm thinking is, oh my God, she thinks I'm in high school. A win is a win, people. A win is a win. Because of the seriousness of this issue, I've taken it upon myself to craft some test questions for self-diagnosis. Now, if you or someone you love answers yes to three or more of these questions, please see your doctor immediately. Early diagnosis is key. Do you think Michael Clark Duncan and Ving Rhames are the same person? <laughs> see? See? So, see, there you go. So he knows. So he's woke on that one. Uh, do you think Lisa Ling was in any of the Charlie's Angels movies? <laughs> do you think Edward James almost starred in the movie Machete? <laughs> Is there a constant argument in your head about whether it was Chris Tucker or Chris Rock who starred in the Rush Hour movies? <laughs> Do you think Morgan Freeman is Luke Skywalker's father? <laughs> Do you think Danny Glover ever worked for Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Thank you, Batman people. Do you think Nichelle Nichols, who played the original Lieutenant of Horror in Star Trek, also played Wheezy on the Jeffersons? <laughs> Thank you for loving that joke so much, Connor. Do you think that the Wu-Tang Clan is a family of ninjas? <laughs> All sorts of interesting things happened where I used to work. Sometimes I had to have meetings with the parents of students. One day I walked out of my office. I said, oh, hi, I'm Winter. I had a meeting with the father of one of our students. And I stuck out my hand because that's what civilized people do. And he just looked at me. Now, he didn't do that thing that people do where they're like, oh, I don't shake hands, germs. Or, oh, I'm just getting over a cold, germs. He just looked at me. So I looked at him, and he looked at me. And I licked at my hand, and he licked at my hand, and then it occurred to me, oh, he's not going to shake my hand. And then I was like, wait, is he not shaking my hand because I'm a woman, or is he not shaking my hand because I'm black? Is he not shaking my hand because I'm a woman, or is he not shaking my hand because I'm black? Is he not shaking my hand because I'm a woman, or is he not shaking my hand because I'm black? I figured it out, guys. He didn't shake my hand because he's a jerk, and that's why his wife left him. <laughs> That joke is mostly for me, guys. That's my little revenge. Uh, my, uh, let me leave you with this. Celine Dion can sell any song. This is how I know. In her Las Vegas Spectacular show, she sings the song, I Wish, by Stevie Wonder. Now, for those of you who don't know, the very first line of that song, looking back on when I was a little nappy-headed boy. When was that, Celine? When? I'm Winter Spears. Thank you so much. Keep it going for Winter Spears. That was fantastic. We're going to keep the show moving right along with a very funny comedian who came here all the way from Maine. Please put your hands together for Connor McGrath. Yeah. 
Miss Rebecca. Hell yeah. I am from Portland, Maine. Uh, there's a lot of confusion uh, in this area. Portland, Maine, the other Portland. Uh, not a lot of people from here know about Portland, so I hope not only do you learn about me, the Connor and the Connor McGrath experience, I want to tell you a little bit about Portland, Maine, the most populated city in the state of Maine, the first city in the United States named Portland. Like Portland, Oregon, it's the godfather two of cities. Objectively speaking, it might be a little bit better, but it's not the first one. We are the first one. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine, your experience living in Portland, Maine, you have one of two experiences living in Portland, Maine. Uh, sometimes uh, you're eating lobster rolls and getting your dick sucked, and sometimes you're making lobster rolls and sucking dicks. I work in the service industry, so you can, can tell, uh, tell which part uh, role I play. <laughs> I'm glad I got chapstick in my gift bag. <laughs> it served me well. Uh, what, uh, Portland, Maine, I'll tell you a little bit. Of, uh, Portland, Maine's been hit hard by gentrification recently. It's been hit hard by gentrification. We got a lot of new hip microbrews and condominiums. Uh, so the story there is there's a bunch of ambitious Brooklynites who have moved up to southern Maine. They're ambitious Brooklynites. They've, uh, they've, they've gotten tired of the challenge of uh, gentrifying Latino and African-American neighborhoods. And they move up to Maine to push poor white people out of their neighborhoods. <laughs> Uh, I, will, I will tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Connor McGrath. I'm 29 years old. I live in Portland, Maine with my parents, Steve and Lynn, and our pet border terrier, Dempsey. I enjoy taking nice, long, leisurely walks around the city of Portland, Maine. I like listening to classic rock music, and I like drinking iced coffee unsweetened with coconut milk. And if they don't have coconut milk at the iced coffee shop, I like drinking iced coffee unsweetened with almond milk. And if they don't have coconut or almond milk at the iced coffee shop, I like drinking iced coffee unsweetened with regular milk. My milk preferences are not for ethical or dietary reasons. I just think those are the three best milks that pop flavor-wise with unsweetened iced coffee. And I also have Asperger's syndrome, which is on the autistic spectrum. Recently, I was doing a, a show up at, uh, down in Dover, New Hampshire. And after the show, one of the comedians on the show said, Connor, you should never open up your sets by talking about having Asperger's syndrome because it makes audiences feel awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> and I said, well, man, you know what feels awkward and uncomfortable? Having Asperger's syndrome. <laughs> I am just trying to relay stories about my life the same way that you relay stories about your life by talking about smoking marijuana and your Cheeto dick. I think stand-up comedy is, modern-day stand-up comedy is the closest equivalent that we have to classic country music. I think modern-day stand-up comedy is the closest equivalent we have to classic country music. It's men and women of all different backgrounds, but mostly sad, drunk white men <laughs> talking about life, love, and loss. So I, I consider myself to be the Randy Travis of New England, <laughs> Mutiny Radio. I enjoy living with my parents for the most part. My parents are pretty chill. I had a bit of a row with my mother, Lynn McGrath. 
uh, recently when she donated all of my Insane Clown Posse t-shirts to Goodwill while I was at work. Donated all of my Insane Clown Posse t-shirts to Goodwill while I was at work. She didn't tell me. She just wanted to get rid of all my t-shirts of the Scary Clown Band. And I had to confront her when I got home. I confronted her. She was in the garden, and uh, uh, in the front garden, not the back garden. And just to give you a visual, it's a two-story house. It was built in the 1920s Victorian style in the Deering Center neighborhood of Portland, Maine. Uh, so I confronted her in the front garden, and uh, I was giving her a piece of my mind. I was screaming at my mother. I was red-faced. I was giving her the swear finger. I'm not proud of this. I was screaming at my mother, red-faced, and giving her the swear finger. And the neighbors started gathering as a gathering of the juggalos. And uh, <laughs> like similar to that, uh, ex oh, except for much more uh, less trashy. Deering Center is a lovely neighborhood. And. Uh, Screaming at my mother, giving her the swear finger, and the whole neighborhood's watching, and I had to take a step back and assess the situation. I'm like, here I am, a 29-year-old man, screaming at his mother, giving her the swear finger about her donating his insane clown posse t-shirts to Goodwill. Had to take a step back, and I felt a weird sense of pride, uh, because that was the first moment in my life where I truly felt like a juggalo. <laughs> I've been doing pretty good with the ladies recently, Mutiny Radio. I've been doing pretty good with the ladies recently. Uh, I don't like to brag about my sex life too much because there's always one single guy in the audience that's like, man, fat autistic juggalos are getting laid and I'm not. This is a bunch of bullshit. But I will tell you this, autism, it doesn't just speak anymore. Autism fucks, baby. I think what's important uh, is figuring out your demographic. And I figured out my demographic recently, and there's a surprising amount of women who are sexually attracted to John Goodman from the early seasons of Roseanne. <laughs> I do very well with that demographic. Another big thing is I'm very respectful of women and attentive of their needs, which is why I never uh, talk to them or make eye contact with them. And I generally cross the street when we're on the same side of the sidewalk. I give. Women, plenty of space. It's not quite the case at uh, the restaurant I work at. It's a very crass environment at the restaurant that I work at. Uh, just the other day before we were uh, opening up for service, uh, we were frying up some cinnamon donuts for the dessert special that day. Me and the head chef were frying up cinnamon donuts. We were making Zeppelis, which is Cajun for cinnamon donuts, I believe. <laughs> Don't quote me on that translation. We were making cinnamon donuts, and he turns to me, and he says, Connor, this is the second best smell in the entire world. And I said, Chef, what do you consider to be the best smell in the entire world? Cinnamon donuts are a great smell. I want to know what you consider to be the best smell of the, in the entire world. And he says, without a hint of hesitation, pussy! <laughs> now, I don't want to be anti that smell. I think it is a good smell in particular situations. In a finger-blasting situation, I think it is a great smell. But to be the best smell in the entire world, I think it has to be a great smell in any situation. Let's say I'm going to Bank of America to open up a checking account, and I smell cinnamon donuts. I'm like, heck yes, I am glad I opened up a checking account at this Bank of America. <laughs> but I don't want to smell pussy at the bank. I would think something's very wrong with that bank. I was like, where are you guys hiring your tellers? How do you guys clean your cash? 
It says you, you're FDIC insured on the front door, but I am not so positive. I am just going to cash in this jar of dimes and leave this ratchet-ass bank. I, okay, my time's up. This is my song. Thank you. When I took you out, I knew what you were all about. But when I did, I didn't mean to turn you on. Now I bring you home. You tell me goodnight's not enough for you. I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to turn you on. Whoa, I didn't mean to turn you on. You read me wrong. I wasn't trying to lead you on. Not like you think. I didn't mean to turn you on. I know you were. Expecting a one-night stand when I refused I knew you wouldn't understand I'm sorry, baby I didn't mean to turn you on I told you twice I was only trying to be nice Only trying to be nice, oh I didn't mean to turn you on. Babe, now I feel guilty. Cause I won't give won't give in. Oh, I didn't mean to turn you on. Whoa, I didn't mean to turn you on. When I took you out, I knew what you were all about. But when I did, I didn't mean to turn you on. Oh, I didn't mean to turn you on. Didn't mean to turn you on. I didn't mean to turn you on. My name's Connor McGrath, and I didn't mean to turn you on. Connor McGrath, everyone! Insane Clown Posse. What a name for a band. I feel like if you've formed a clown posse, you don't need to tell us you're insane. Like, nobody's thinking you formed an emotionally stable clown posse. Are you ready for your next comedian? All the way from San Francisco, put your hands together for Marty Cunney. 
is up, Mutiny? How we feeling tonight? We are warmed up. We are raring to go. What a couple performances we've had so far. It's really helping me. Uh, I don't know, you guys, everyone else, you're about over your Molly hangover yet? Uh, just me? Okay, great. Right, well, you have to cheer me up, guys, because it's... <laughs> It's been a rough day. It's been a rough year. Um, God, my girlfriend uh, broke up with me about a year ago, and I don't know. I mean, I've been doing okay for myself since then. I feel like I'm back on my feet, but there's one thing I miss more than anything. Uh, she was really into choking, and there's just that's just a tough one to find. And it's not like it's not like there aren't other people that are into choking, but I mean like dangerously into choking. Uh, like, how do you, I, I, I don't know. There's like something about, so like just loving someone so much, like having such a special connection with them, you'd do anything for them. And knowing that if you ever get like a little upset or annoyed with them, that you can just take it out on her later. Uh, <laughs> literally choke her till she almost passes out. Maybe she does pass out and she'll thank you for it afterwards. There's. How do you like? How do you like try to find that in someone? Like, how do you? I, 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 guy, I'm, uh, you know, I'm in a long walks on the beach and uh, near murder. You too, or <laughs> I want to cut it close, okay? Man, I miss it really. I mean, how else? It's like, you know, the, that special color purple she would turn. Uh, <laughs> Like, I, I miss it, man. I could paint my walls that color. I'd fall asleep like a baby every night. That special vein in her head when I'd gone a little too far, like, just to let me know. Like, oh, man. How do, how do I get to that point again? I mean, it's just tough. Like, and I think it's really tough, too, because really, when I, when I think about it, I think choking might be, like, my only fetish, right? And... <laughs> And that's just tough when you're living in San Francisco. Like, I feel like I'm not taking full advantage of this city only being into one thing. Like, there's a fucking festival for every weird, deviant, sexual thing you could be into here. And I only get to take advantage of one of them? Come on. But, like, I don't know. How do you, how do you find out what, like, your fetish is? Like, how do you find out what you're into? There's no, like, fetish allergy test that we have out there. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Like... The allergy test where they like prick you on your skin with like all these different things that people are commonly allergic to and then just to see if you have a reaction. Like, what is that? Where do we get that for fetishes? Like, how do we find it? I'm sure I have like something buried deep down in my conscience. Like I got a fucking boner when I sat on a beach ball for the first time. <laughs> and now I want to like fuck a girl that's painted like a beach ball and weighs like 350 pounds. Like, I don't know. I, how do I find that out? Where does that come from? Like, I think I'm, the closest thing that we have is the Folsom Street Fair, right? Like, that's the closest thing to a fetish allergy test that we have. You just walk down that street, try to keep your eyes open the whole time, and just say, like, yep, nope, that doesn't do it for me. Nope, no, no. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I think, like, but I think it's, it's just, like, a, such a weird thing, because, like, if nothing turns you on there, right, then you just have to do another pass while somebody's, like, hitting you with a cattle prod the entire time, you know? Just, like, mix it up. See, like, maybe that, maybe this is what I'm into. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I think it's uh, it's unfortunate for me. Um, well, we're we're pretty well out of the holiday season now, guys. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate because Christmas is my favorite holiday. Because uh, I was born on September twenty fifth. Do the math. Typically, nine months is how long a pregnancy lasts. My parents fucked on Christmas, is what I'm trying to say, everyone. 
I had a very merry conception, okay? A lot of frankincense and myrrh was probably involved. It might have been in a manger. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got pretty lucky, though. That's a good, that's a good one to like, trace my, my conception back to. Like Some people probably aren't that lucky. Like There's a whole bunch of teenagers out there that were born on uh, June 11th, 2002. <laughs> Do the math. Carry the three. Talk about 9-11 babies, guys. Talk about 9-11 babies. I mean, that's, that's, that's terrible. I mean, those kids, what are they, 15 years old now? They probably, at some point, they're going to do the math, and it's just going to be like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. The only thing that went down faster than Tower 2 was my mom's panties. Oh, no. Oh, God. It was an inside job. Oh. George Bush did it, probably. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Perfect timing. Guys, I don't know if you're familiar with a little place in San Francisco called the Power Exchange, but I've I've doctored the lyrics to the to the Pina Colada song to fit this a little bit. I was tired of my lady. We've been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping. I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like peeing on your girl's feet If you like clothespins on your taint If you like being treated like a piece of meat And being choked until you faint If you like making sounds like a llama why your diaper's getting changed I'm the freak that you're looking for We'll meet at the power exchange I didn't think about my lady I know that sounds kind of mean But me and my old lady Had fallen onto the same old dull routine So I wrote to the paper Took out a personal ad And though I'm nobody's poet I thought it wasn't half bad Yeah, I like being on girls' feet but only on your big toe And I like electrostock therapy But only when I'm getting blown If you like furries banging unicorns And being a cum firing range You're the freak I'm yearning for I'll see you at the power exchange Car solo twice. I always thought that was kind of weird. So I waited with high hopes. Then she walked in the place. I knew her smile in an instant. I knew the curve of her face. It was my own lovely lady. And she said, Oh, fuck, it's you. <laughs> and we laughed for a moment. And I said I never knew That you like being on girls' feet 
and sucking on elbows and making me fresh baked treats after shitting in the dough. If you like calling me daddy while I dress like your dad, we'll let a freak flag fly at the power exchange. Call there. <laughs> enough of that. Thanks so much, guys. That's a lot of fun. Bring up your hosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep it going for Marty. You guys ready for your final comedian on the uh, karaoke set show? All the way from Los Angeles, put your hands together for Kevin Monroe! Yay, hooray me! Do you want to sing first? Do you want to sing? Do you want to point at me when you want to sing? I'll point at you. I'll point okay. at you. Okay. I'll point at you when it's time to sing. Um, I'm not going to run over. I'm not going to run over. Yeah, I, I try to keep it tight because, you know, uh, federal uh, recommendations or, you know, regulations uh, state that we have to wrap up in a couple of minutes. Uh, my name is Kevin. Hi. It's a stupid name. Because, uh, look, I have, I have uh, five siblings, okay? Here are my siblings' names. Adai, Kasim, Khalifa, Kengana, Damali, Kevin. <laughs> Like, yo, what happened to the African names, though? <laughs> you know, like my dad was like, oh, this one will be a great warrior, a die, and she will be a queen, Damali. And this one, ah, he'll probably work in an office. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. Kevin is Swahili for most likely to work in a cubicle. <laughs> How did this happen? Oh man, my, my family is ridiculous, man. My, uh, my father has uh, another family uh, in the same village that we lived in in Trinidad. Yeah, and he was like, well, no one will notice. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm six foot six, you're six foot seven. <laughs> those two six foot tall giraffes running around, those are yours. <laughs> Everybody notice. Oh man, uh, they, they moved to Florida and uh, uh, I stayed there for one year uh, in high school and I can't stay there anymore. Every time I come home, do not go in that room. That is a home office. You cannot sleep in that room anymore. It is a home office. I'm like, Mom, what office do you know runs on Windows 95? <laughs> At a dot matrix printer. This is not office. This is a front for drug activity. <laughs> I turned my mama in. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> She's on the first 48. Look. <laughs> wow. Now, they, they, they're ridiculous, man. Like, uh, they sold the house in Florida and didn't tell me. They didn't tell me. Like I, w I came home to surprise them one day, knocked on the door, and a white family opened the door. <laughs> so I was like, cool, adopt me. <laughs> you all seen the blind side, right? <laughs> Hello, white family. 
Teach me how to play football. Nah. Take me to ballet lessons. Come on. Nah. <laughs> you have money, white family. Nah. My mother's always harassing me. She's like, Kevin, if you are gay, you can tell me. I'm like, look, I'm not, look, just because I live in San Francisco and teach dance lessons and wear Banana Republic sweaters. Uh, <laughs> you like the sweater, don't you? You like the sweater? Yeah? Mind your business. <laughs> Kevin, you must find a black woman or you will die alone. I'm like, everybody dies alone. <laughs> uh, unless you're in ISIS. Like, <laughs> those only motherfuckers don't die alone, right? <laughs> I think that's it, really. <laughs> Cut that from the... I have enough trouble with trolls on the internet. I don't need, I don't need more shit from these people. Oh, man. Well, uh, uh, so uh, the, just to tell you how crazy it is uh, with black people in America, like how weird it is here. There was this story that came out a couple months ago about this guy in South Dakota uh, with a gun. He was taking the trash out with a loaded gun in his sweatpants. No, don't ask me why he was taking the trash out with a gun in his sweatpants. I mean, I don't know, he's scared of raccoons, Oscar the Grouch, I don't know who the fuck is <laughs> in there. But the gun went off and he shot himself in the penis. Yes, he did. And of course, the police showed up because they're like, I don't, you know, okay, I don't care. Fuck that robbery. I want to hear what happened to this dude. How did this? <laughs> so they show up at the hospital and he got pressed. So he said, and I quote, a black man tried to rob me and shot me in the penis. Now, let's leave aside the fact this is South Dakota <laughs> with a black population of like five people. <laughs> you know, so who the. F Oh, I can't even. I can't finish the story. No, this is too important. This is too important. This is too important. Mom, I hope you're listening. This is uh, very important. Well, these men come in all these places. No pun intended. And these men are all the same. <laughs> you don't look at their faces. And you don't even ask their names. You don't think of them as human. You don't think of them at all. You keep your mind on the money. Keeping your eyes on the wall. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. Do what you want me to do. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money, and any old music will do. I want to make a million dollars. I want to live out by the sea. Have a husband and some children. Yeah, I guess I want a family. All these men come in all these places. No pun intended. And these men are all the same. You don't look at their faces. And you don't even ask 
your name. I'm your private dancer. I dance for money. Do what you. I don't see any ones on this motherfucking stage. I'm your private dancer. I dance for money. And any old music will do. pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Thank you. 
everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. It is Saturday night. We are here for the 6 o'clock show. Subliminalist F presents live music backed with special guest Breakfast B Breakfast of the Wyatt Act. And your host all the way from Boston. Put your hands together, everybody, for Ben Quick. What's going on, guys? I apologize for my voice right up front. I have a story for you. I am here straight from the airport where I uh, have spent the last 36 hours trying to get to San Francisco. I uh, Somewhere around midnight last night, I had what is commonly referred to as a mental breakdown where I lost my voice. Uh, <laughs> Thus I sound like this. <laughs> so it's good to be here. I'll tell you the story real quick before we get underway. Uh, I'm supposed to leave at 7 a.m. yesterday, so I get to the airport, Boston Logan Airport, at 5 a.m., all ready to go, check in for my flight. I sit down. I got a seat. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to sleep on the plane. I'm on three hours of sleep because I don't plan things ahead of time like packing. And so I end up getting my plane and... Now, I don't know if you guys have seen the news, but Boston got uh, what the meteorologists call fucked yesterday. (laughs) They got hit with a bomb cyclone where uh, a giant, basically hurricane from the cold weather came and took out just about every single flight in Boston. So as I'm in line to board my plane, they announced that due to the weather, they need to remove 10 passengers from this flight, full flight, 10 passengers, so they can make weight because they're going to be overweight. And uh, so I'm sitting there going, why are you taking 10 passengers off? You could just choose the five fattest. (laughs) That would be a lot better for everyone uh, on the plane, too. But anyway, (laughs) they ended up, I was, my name was called. I was one of the last people called. They called nine names. I was like, hell yeah, I'm on this plane. And they go, also paging Benjamin Quick. And I was like, fuck. Uh, so I end up asking, hey, can I be reaccommodated? And they, and they, and they come up to me and they give me like a compensation. They say, we're going to get you on at 11 o'clock. And I'm like, there's no way that's flying out. I've seen, you know, the weather. But I went for it because I didn't really have a choice. It was that or no trip. And so I go for 11 o'clock. They say, you're going to connect in Philadelphia for a 3.30 connection. And I was like, perfect. I'll get to San Francisco Friday night. It'll be great. I'll make my 6 p.m. show here at Mutiny. It's my first show of the festival. And I'm all set. And as I sit there to the gate, I see that the plane's delayed till 2.30 p.m., takeoff. So I call the airline and say, hey, it's 11 o'clock right now. My plane's leaving at 2.30. It's going to land at 4. I'm not going to make this connection in 3.30 because the plane's going to land after the other plane gets there. And my person on the phone says, it looks like to me the plane leaves at 11. And I said, it's 11 o'clock right now, and I'm talking to you. at the gate. <laughs> this plane's not leaving. And so I say, I, I can't make this connection. And so the person says, well, what you should do is you should fly to Philadelphia and talk to a gate agent there. And I said, I don't really want to punt and fly to Philly on the off chance you have a plane for me there because they're also getting, again, fucked from this weather. Uh, and so I get there and and they say, just take the plane to Philly. I said, okay, can you find out if I can do something now? And they said, yeah, if you can get in. The person says, yes. If you can get to Philly, I swear to God, a human being has added this to me. If you can get to Philly, I can get you on a connecting flight at 6 p.m. that will connect to San Francisco via Boston. <laughs> and I said, are you aware I'm currently in Boston? <laughs> and she said, yes, but you need to make the connection from Philly first. I'm dead serious. A human Now, 
I'm not generally a fan of the R word, because uh, I know it's a little harsh. And also, I feel like if you use the R word a, lo a lot, it kind of loses its power. You know what I mean? You need to save it for when something does someone something does something truly dumb like say suggest you fly to Philadelphia and back to qualify for your trip to San Francisco <laughs> that is the textbook definition of retarded <laughs> and i know i'm in a hyper liberal bubble so thank you guys for not being cunts about that i appreciate it <laughs> uh, thank you <laughs> So anyways, I have another flight canceled at, at 9 p.m. They finally rebooked me for because then that plane, spoiler, it gets canceled. So they say, now you get on that 9 p.m. plane. By the way, this 9 p.m. plane was the one I was supposed to connect for. But after the plane got canceled, they suddenly can get me on. That gets canceled at 10 o'clock while I'm at the gate. So I spend two and a half hours on call with support. Every time getting connected after a half an hour of finally talking to somebody, I get put on hold of disconnects. I do this four times in a row where each time I spend 45 minutes on hold. It's 1 a.m. I have the mental breakdown. And then I go home and I try one more time and I beg. And uh, they, as, by the way, as far as this version America is concerned, not only am I headlining this festival, but it is a make or break moment for my comedy career. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That, thank you. That is what they believe. Uh, so all said and done, they say there's nothing we can do. You got to go to the gate. I show up this morning at 5 a.m. I've slept another two hours. So again, but slept about five hours and 48 hours. I show up again. The woman looks at me, and it's the same woman from yesterday, whom I was polite to, and she says, "Man, you look like shit." And I said, "I know." Uh, but in fairness, what she doesn't know is this is my default look. I genuinely look like a cut. I genuinely look like a cute, polite white boy who's also part-time homeless like I kind of uh but I uh I get there and I peg and I plead my sob story and somehow I get rebooked because this person feels terrible for me because I was nice to her before that's the why spoiler alert if you're nice to people they help you because she didn't help a lot of people but she got me on a plane at the last moment this morning to Seattle where I basically flew in like the jump seat got there connected to San Francisco and just walked in the door two minutes ago and yeah I'm serious serious true story the thing I'm most proud of about this whole thing is that after every canceled flight, I had to go back and get my checked bag and go back through security and check it again, which means not only did I go through TSA five times in the last 24 hours, but I successfully smuggled acid through TSA five times in the last 24 hours. Yeah. So if anyone wants to come to my 6 p.m. set tomorrow, it's going to be real weird. Uh, <laughs> all right, I've got a song for you guys. I'm going to kick the cleaner away. This is a brand new song. I have no idea if it's funny or not yet. I just thought it was the easiest one to teach you on the fly. Um, and this is about where I grew up. And uh, did I? Oh, where'd it go? So I was thinking if the one thing this world needs, it's more country western songs about small towns, you know. So I wrote a song about where I grew up in a small town. Spoiler alert, not a great place. We're going to lean into it if it doesn't work with the backing. It's going to be fun. Well, I am from a town of not a lot of people but a lot of cows. Got it now. Where every year someone grows a big vegetable and it's front page news somehow. <laughs> 
There used to be factories nearby, but they all closed down, and they're never coming back. So now the only time my neighbor Vince really goes to work is every night on a 30 rack. Bridge. But everywhere you go, everyone that you talk to is polite. And since no one here is racist, it was just a coincidence that we were all white. I grew up in a shithole, a small town shithole, near a city that's a shithole. Where I'm from is kind of a dump, it's mostly just a bunch of white people that all voted for Trump. But if you talk to an old timer, they'll tell you about the day when America was great. When we all had jobs with no health risks, working at the chemical plant, and we all were straight. And I'd say, I want to go to the city today. And they'd say, no, don't go there. It's not safe. The city's where all the poor people stay at. And since we're not racist, it's just a coincidence that they're all black. I grew up in a shithole, a small town shithole, a small town shithole. A real boring shithole. Growing up, I mostly jerked off, told my friends racist jokes, and put fireworks in frogs. Well, I thought I left it behind me when I got away. Moved to a real big city where I learned to stop calling things gay. But no matter how much I try to hide it, it's still a part of me too. Cause when I'm hanging out with a bunch of black people, I don't know how to play it cool. Because I grew up in a shithole, a small town shithole, a cultural shithole, an American shithole. And when I go home to see my friends, they all have kids, and so it all repeats again. Thank you guys for sticking with me and pretending like I actually had the vocal cords remaining to sing that song. Uh, that's the closest thing to a serious song I'll ever write. Anyways, uh, you guys ready for the show? All right, I'm super pumped to be here, as you know, and I'm super pumped to meet this first guy because I was in your hometown earlier today. This dude's all the way in from Seattle. He's going to be super funny. Please give it up for Levi Manis. I look like Kid Rock auditioning for a castaway. <laughs> Whenever I see signs that say employees must wash hands. I always think 
Thank God I don't have a job. <laughs> I noticed that when people get tattoos, it's to remind them of something important. So I'm going to get a tattoo that says, rent is due on the 5th. <laughs> I try to donate myself to Goodwill, <laughs> but they don't accept white trash. <laughs> I also grew up in a shithole small town. Uh, I grew up in a town of the population of 15 people. And to put that into perspective, my family of five made up a third of the population. I had no choice but to learn social cues from alcoholics and farm animals. <laughs> so when you grow up in a town that's small, there are no secrets because everyone knows everything about each other. So when I was a kid and I found my dad's hustler, the whole town knew. because I told everyone. <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> I gave a motivational speech at a suicide support group. It killed. Everyone. The best part about diarrhea is the cardio. <laughs> so dumb. I've always been jealous of that little boy from The Shining because at least his dad took an interest in him. <laughs> I can count the number of times I've seen my dad on one hand. And about a year ago, I was doing a show, and some relatives from outside the family came out to see me, and I hardly know them at all either. And I'm standing out front before the show starts, and my uncle comes up to me, and he goes, hey man, just so you know, your dad is living in a car two blocks away from here, and he still might not make it out tonight. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he didn't. But the fucked up part is that I still kind of admire him because he's really consistent. <laughs> and the dude has a car. <laughs> My reverse psychologist told me to be myself. If you're not laughing, you're gonna figure that joke out on your way home. <laughs> the other day, this guy, he was trying to sell me a coffin. And I said, come on, man. That's the last thing I need. I think that when it comes to leading by example, Jesus nails it.
There's nothing like taking a shit. <laughs> right when you get out of the shower to remind yourself that nothing really matters. <laughs> if you're not laughing, it's because it hasn't happened to you yet. <laughs> I eat a lot of Happy Meals because I can't afford antidepressants. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Uh, I named my penis mom because it's always embarrassing me in front of my friends. I've been working on a few impressions. Here's my impression of a lower intestine. I don't need this shit. Here's my impression of an immature ghost. Boobies. <laughs> I accidentally signed up for a yoga class because I'm a Star Wars fan who doesn't know how to read. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> The longer that my hair and my beard gets, the more afraid of fire I become. <laughs> because this beard is the only thing that's keeping me from looking like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Most people see black and white pictures, but I see interracial photos. PC joke. <laughs> I second guess myself because I don't like odd numbers. <laughs> Alien Ant Farm has a website for their fans. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to say that with a straight face but <laughs> it's called alienantfarmersonly.com I told that joke in a hot topic and it fucking killed <laughs> I'm changing my first name to science in hopes that people will donate their bodies to me when they die It's not what you think, it's just for butt stuff. <laughs> I wonder if Patrick Swayze's ghost is haunting a pottery barn. <laughs> My definition of a threesome is using both hands. If Franklin D. Roosevelt had a Twitter account, his first tweet would be, YOLO with polio. <laughs> Hashtag for wheels. <laughs> I 
hold on a second. When I make breakfast in bed for someone, all I expect in return is a thank you. I don't need to hear, who are you? How'd you get in my home? <laughs> Just eat your fucking Frosted Flakes. This is our home now. <laughs> I'm going to go against my better judgment and do one more. I want to share something personal. Um, I make this weird noise when I come, and I have it recorded on my phone. That is my time. Thank you, everyone. Give it up for Levi Manis, guys. I too fart when I come, so it's a. <laughs> 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 All right, you guys ready to keep the show moving? Yeah. All right, next comic here is in town from Portland, Oregon. Please get up for Jeremiah Coughlin. Keep it going for your hosts. Keep it going for your piano guy. Brett. Your name's Breakfast? That's right. You're my new favorite person. I don't know. <laughs> I would totally fuck a dude named Breakfast. I don't know. That's not typically uh, something I'd say out loud, but just saying. How you guys doing? This is fun, yeah? Intimate little fun thing we're doing here. Uh, I got here, I was like, he was singing. I was like, do I have a sing a fucking song? Because I didn't bring my inhaler. Uh... I don't have the lungs for that anymore. I uh, was walking down the street in San Francisco, uh, where we are, yesterday, and I, I stepped on one of those metal grates, and it was very slippery, and I fell like an idiot. Yeah. God, that must have been fucking hilarious. This, like, this, <laughs> like, I wish I want to see the fucking security footage of that. Like a, like a tiny Asian woman ran up to me. Like, what I would consider, like, the most, like, frail and vulnerable of, like, people I've ever seen. And she was like, are you okay? <laughs> Think about that for a second. Just, like, if, like, the picture of vulnerable in the fucking dictionary, 300-pound guy falls on the ground. She's like, holy shit, are you okay? Like, I'm concerned for your well-being. I, uh, I stayed in an Airbnb for the first time. Last week, I've never done that before. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's basically like, uh, I feel like you're a substitute teacher roommate, where it's like, I have no fucking long-term investment in this, but I'm here, so I'm going to use all the toilet paper and <laughs> microwave spaghetti in the fucking microwave and not wipe it out. Like, I don't care. I paid. I don't know. I also stayed with, uh, so it was like two grown men in one bedroom, and that's not something I'm really stoked on. I woke up the first morning, and my friend was like, uh, do you have sleep apnea? Because it sounded like you were choking while you were sleeping. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I just had a dream. I was blowing nine dudes, and I was fucking killing it, basically. Uh... What else has been going on? Oh yeah, I was in that was I was in North Carolina when that happened. Uh, the first day I was in North Carolina, I was doing a show and this uh, this nice Southern guy walked up to me. He was like, "Hey, has anybody ever told you uh, you you look like Fat Ed Sheeran?" And uh, <laughs> yeah, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think he just picked a redheaded guy. 
He doesn't know. He's just like, uh, I maybe. I mean, I'll agree. I look like Chris Farley ate Bob Ross, but that was that was the look I was going for. I never went. I never wanted to be Fat Ed Sheeran. Uh, <laughs> what else has been going on, man? You're fucking killing it with this, man. I love it. This is fun. I don't know. I wish I had better jokes for this <laughs> fucking piano routine. This is amazing. Uh, what else am I going to? Oh, I want to tell you guys a story. I heard uh, we were all standing outside of a comedy club the other day, and we were talking about what we got for Christmas. And uh, this kid said, uh, this kid I know who's in his early 20s, he said uh, he got a katana blade. He got a sword. He was really excited. He got a s yeah, he got a sword for Christmas. And I was jealous of him. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I went and got some watermelons. And uh, it's not you. It's a different. I know that many people that got swords for Christmas. Uh, he's like, I, I went and got some watermelons, and I sliced those fuckers in half. And he's like, but then I was really disappointed because I Googled what to do with a sword after you slice watermelons in half. And the, and the YouTube video was like, oh, you have to wipe it off. You have to get special cleaner. You have to go through this whole process. You can't just go slice some fucking watermelons in half and then resheath your sword. So that's what this, that was a quote from this young man. <laughs> and then he said, uh, you know, I was really disappointed. I wanted a sword and I, I got a responsibility. <laughs> And, and I said to him, you should get a vasectomy. <laughs> if, if caring for a sword is too much of a responsibility for you, you should not procreate. You should not, you should probably not even be around other people. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of things that are harder than taking care of a sword. Uh, do you guys know you can't give babies water? Yeah, breakfast, that's a real fucking thing. That. That's I know. Most people don't. You better not buy a sword, all right? Because they'll die. Babies will die if you give them water. Uh, that's a true thing. Yeah, six months before you can give babies water. Did you know that? Yeah, I hope you get a sword for Christmas and not a baby. You knew that? Right. I feel like every time I do that, this room divides where it's like people like who are like, of course you can't give fucking babies water. What are you, stupid? And then the other half like you, they're like, holy fuck, you can't give babies water? <laughs> and uh, it's not even necessarily funny. It just makes me happy to see, uh, just to see the room divide like that. That makes me happy. I did that joke a couple weeks ago, and somebody Googled it because this lady, this old late, this lady, she had like, she's like, I got four kids. I don't believe, I don't believe you. And uh, I was like, fucking Google that shit, Linda. And she did, and she was like, like six minutes later, she was like, you can't get babies water. That's, <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she found out. I was right. I was right. Uh, what else has been going on? You guys, uh. You guys ever go down on somebody because when you make out with them, their breath is so bad, you're like, man, it can't get any worse. <laughs> you ever do that? No? Yeah? You ever do that and be wrong? Uh, it's not great. It's not great. Uh, <laughs> man. It's fucking great. I love you so much. I, lo I can't think fast enough with all this piano stuff. It's really fucking with my head right now, but it's fucking great. I love it so much. 
Uh, do you guys ever uh, you guys ever fart in your sleep and it smells so bad that it registers in the dream you're having <laughs> and becomes part of your subconscious reality? Because because uh, that's some Inception shit right there, man. If Joseph Gordon-Levitt walks up to you in your dream and is like, "Dude, did you shit your pants?" <laughs> you need to yeah, you need to rethink your life, change up what you're doing. I. Uh, what else do I want to tell you guys? I uh, I recently got I got fired uh, for the purpose of this joke. I recently got fired from my job. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got I got fired from my. Uh, I used to give paranormal ghost tours in Old Town Portland, uh, which is a real job you can have in Portland, Oregon. You can be a ghost tour guide. Uh, but I got shit canned from it. I got fired for being too creative. Uh, during my ghost tour job, yeah. They're like, Jeremiah, we think you're taking a few too many liberties with the material you've been given. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a goddamn ghost tour. The whole the whole thing's made up. I I helped you guys make it up. Uh, yeah, well, and then uh, like a couple weeks after I got fired, I came down here to San Francisco, and uh, the host of the show I was doing introduced me, told everybody I was visiting from Oregon, and then he described me as Super Portlandia. Yeah, like the TV show, and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. And then I, then I got on stage and told everybody about how I'd just been fired from a ghost tour job. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think, I think that's probably right. I gotta tell you guys one more thing. Uh, I will do, I'll do a joke about Ben because he's here. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, it's just, uh, I started to go see this um, uh, massage therapist named Kevin. Uh, and I was, I, I was kind of weirded out when I started to go see Kevin, uh, for massage cause I'd always gone to lady massage therapy, uh, cause maybe they'll touch your dick, right? <laughs> That's kind of, I've seen porno. That seems to be how it starts. And, uh, I was, I was telling my friend Ben that I was going to a guy massage therapist and I was kind of weirded out by it. And he was, he was like, yeah, what if, uh, what if Kevin's massaging you and his dick ends up in your mouth? Uh, <laughs> As like a grow up, like he was like basically telling me to quit being a baby about seeing Kevin for massage therapy, uh, and I, I I could I was on board with that. But then the next time I was getting a massage from Kevin, the only thing I could think was, what if he's massaging you and his dick ends up in your mouth? <laughs> and I thought that was I thought it was really funny, so I started laughing pretty hard during this massage, uh, to where Kevin was pretty obvious that I was laughing uh, during my massage, and he asked me what I was laughing about. <laughs> and I couldn't say in that moment, like, oh, hey, my buddy Ben thought it'd be really funny if you were massaging me and your dick ended up in my mouth. I couldn't exactly say that to Kevin, so I I just told him that I farted. And that <laughs> he bought it. He bought it. Thank you guys so much, Muni Radio. You're the, you're the best. Breakfast. Breakfast. Jeremiah Coughlin, guys, let him know. And give it for breakfast, pee breakfast. Dick jokes are so much more beautiful to piano music. I think we can agree. <laughs> You're talking about your dick and the entertainers playing in the background. It's like, it's kind of pedo-y, actually, because that just reminds me of an ice cream truck. So I don't know. <laughs> are you guys ready to keep the show moving? I think it's you, right? Are you ready? Okay, you were next on the list, right? Pam, am I right? All right, cool. I didn't mean to abruptly. Do you want me to stall? I can tell like a joke or are you good? All right, please get up for next comic, Jess Everett. <laughs>
Oh, San Francisco. Hi, everybody. Hi, Annika. There's fucking just people I know here for why? <laughs> what happened there? I don't know. Good to see you. Here I am. And here I am, all of you as well. Hello. Uh, weird start. Uh, I was in Hayton Ashbury earlier today. That, I don't like that place. I've never seen <laughs> so many people try so hard to not try. It was weird. <laughs> really making an effort at being dirty. I, don't, I didn't get that. I thought it would be cooler down there. I don't know what's cool. I'm wearing running shoes because I'm afraid of everything. I'm just... <laughs> I gotta, uh, that'll make me go quicker when I'm afraid. <laughs> Just, I'm ready at all times. Uh, didn't plan on saying that. Uh, people were saying a bunch of dick jokes. I'll, I'll tell a dick joke. Wasn't, I wasn't planning on it, but I've been taking pictures of my erections uh, lately. You know, just so that they last longer. It's a, it's a neat, neat trick for all of you. Getting applause break back there. Mini room. <laughs> little mini applause break. Fun times. Uh, fuck. Okay, this is weird. I don't know how to respond to this. I'm <laughs> usually there's nothing in the silence when I'm up here, and now it's <laughs> real odd, real odd stuff. Uh, I uh, I quit smoking pot for a number of reasons, some legal and others my own, uh, but. I quit because I felt like it was making me dumb. Because you hear like, ah, pot, you know, kills, I don't know, something in you. <laughs> Something's dead inside. Uh, I quit, and it's been like a year now, and I'm starting to think that the whole dumb thing may have been a pre-existing condition. <laughs> Fucking nothing's changed. I'm, <laughs> I, think, I think this is as good as it gets, so... Um, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, I figured I got a dictionary up on my phone. I thought maybe well, I'll learn some words. Maybe that'll spruce things up in the old noggin. Uh, now I got to reread all my books, you know? I was doing a lot of guessing. A lot of guessing on, <laughs> on the old words there. Mostly wrong on all of them. Mostly wrong. It was like a choose-your-own-adventure for just me. <laughs> No good, no good for old Jess. Uh, what else? I've been lifting weights. <laughs> I feel like I'm like eight years away from being able to say that without a lot of follow-up questions. <laughs> right now I can just say it and it gets a laugh. Or I just <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Uh. Uh, I don't know. What are you guys experiencing this uh, new grocery store bailout? I don't know if you have it down here. You got to buy your own bags now. At grocery stores, you go to a grocery store, you got to pay for bags. Is that a new thing down here? It's new. We got it up in Tacoma. It's new. New thing. We're paying for our own bags just because grocery stores are so frivolous with their lending for so many years. <laughs> That's all about you know, Double paper, double plastic, paper inside of plastic, extra plastic bags for the meat. What did they think was going to happen? Now we gotta bring our own bags. And they get all indignant with you if you don't bring your own bag of reusable bags. Cheryl and check out aisle 14. She's like, hey, I see you don't have any bags. You need to buy some bags, Jess? I say, yeah, Cheryl, this whole thing's new. I forget, you know. Forget. 
She's like, oh, hold on. Turns her little light off. He's got to buy bags, everybody. He doesn't, he doesn't get it. Cheryl's a fucking dick. Fuck Cheryl. Uh, what they still do at the grocery store, though, go to the produce section, rolls and rolls of bags as far as the eye can see. They're giving out bags like hotcakes. Take as many as you want. So what I do, go to the grocery store, straight to the produce section. No broccoli, thanks. Just bags for Jess. I grab, I just start pulling out bags. I'm stuffing them in my pants and in my sleeves. I do all my shopping. Done with my shopping. I go right back to check out aisle 14. Cheryl, this time, she sees me coming. She's like, oh, Jess, did you forget your bags again? I say, oh, Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl. Sweet, sweet Cheryl. I've got bags. And then like a fucking magician, I'm pulling bags out of everywhere, chucking them up into the sky above her, and they're just sailing down over her like she's in a snow globe of vengeance. <laughs> twisty ties, too. I'm chucking twisty ties at her. Like, like hot dog style, so they're, I try to poke her. I try to poke Cheryl in her stupid eyes. Stupid old woman. That's what they get, though. You know, they got to use them. Got to use the little bags. Super inconvenient for me, though, because they're tiny little slippery bags. I'm fumbling, fumbling up my driveway. I'm dropping bags all over. Real, real long driveway. I have a lot of money. Big, long, 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 long driveway. I lose all my groceries. They roll down into the, into the moat. I've got a moat. I live in a castle. I'm a king. I'm a, I have swords. I got lost in my own stream of consciousness there. Yikes. I don't know how to come back from them. Anybody got dogs? Any dog owners? Dog seers? You ever seen a dog? You know what a dog is? Ever pet a dog? I always wanted a dog when I was a kid. And I really wanted a dad, too. Thought that would... <laughs> thought that'd be slick for old Jess. Give me one of them dads, you know? Just like the movies. Uh, I'm growing up. Uh, my mom used to tell me that my father's name was Ken, uh, but I used to just call him Dickhead, you know, because that was like the last I ever saw of him, you know, Dickhead. That's a conception joke. A lot of people take it a different way, and it means a whole other thing. I don't change it, though, because I like the mystery, you know, I like to leave them thinking worse thoughts, worse, worse thoughts about kids. <laughs> Probably should change the joke. I, mean, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't molested. I wasn't molested. That I know of. Um, I, I did meet my father once. I met him over the phone, and he asked me how old I was, and I told him well, I was 24 at that time. And he said, and "This is a quote." He said, "What the hell took you 24 years to call me?" I was like, "Whoa, wait, you know, who fucked whose mom here, buddy?" <laughs> I thought that was your gig, you know, give me a ring. I was, I guess I was too busy, like, learning how to use a phone and what fathers are. <laughs> how much time am I doing? I could just stay up here. Am I good? One minute? Sweet. One, you said, right? Cool. Cool. Very good. Doesn't even matter because he's just, he's keeping it busy. It's okay. 
It's okay. Oh, I, we, we, when we were driving down, we drove down from Tacoma. Long, long drive. Uh, Should have flown or something. Probably the same price. Same price, all the gas. Planes use gas still, though. I don't know. They pay for that, I think. Uh, at any rate, we stopped in this little mountain town and it was like a, like went to a cafe and had a sandwich. That's not important. Uh, <laughs> but it happened. It was a Philly on a, on a croissant? I don't, I don't know, bread. Uh, at any rate, I went to the bathroom. This guy comes out of the bathroom. I go into the bathroom, and he is not flushed. And then I peed on his pee, and I realized our pee is the exact same color. <laughs> what are the odds, you know? <laughs> Two different sized men, exact same level of hydration. So I didn't flush either. I'm like, let's keep this going. What else could, what else could happen? But how do you bring that up in conversation, you know? How do you go up to a guy and say, hey, man, I know we've never met, but like, same. <laughs> no, a lot of like you and I in the bladders. Well, you want to play some wrap it up music? Jess Ever, guys, let him know. All right, you guys ready for your final performer of the show? All right, usually I got to do that twice, but that was pretty damn strong. Please get up for this guy. He comes from Portland, not Portland, Oregon, Portland, Maine, other side of the country, where he was voted that city's best comic. He also runs a laugh shack there, and he's fucking hilarious. Please give it up for Conor McGrath. Thank you, Ben. Hello, Mutiny Radio. Hello, San Francisco and all, all the people who've traveled here. Thank you, Breakfast, for accompanying me. I would like to tell you a little bit about myself over the next nine minutes and 45 seconds of your lifespan. Uh, my name is Connor McGrath. I am 29 years old. I live in Portland, Maine, with my parents, Stephen Lynn, and our pet border terrier, Dempsey. I like, uh, I like classic rock music. I like taking long, leisurely power walks around Portland, Maine. I like drinking iced coffee unsweetened with coconut milk. And if they don't have coconut milk at the iced coffee shop, I like drinking iced coffee unsweetened with almond milk. And if they don't have coconut or almond milk at the iced coffee shop, I like drinking iced coffee unsweetened with regular milk. <laughs> My milk choices aren't for ethical or dietary reasons. I just think those are the three best milks that pop flavor-wise with unsweetened iced coffee. I also have Asperger's syndrome, which is on the autistic spectrum. I was recently doing a show down in Dover, New Hampshire, and one of the comedians came up to me after the show and he said, Can it? You should never open up your sets by talking about having Asperger's syndrome because it makes audiences feel awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> And I said, well, you know what feels awkward and uncomfortable? <laughs> Having Asperger's syndrome. <laughs> I am, thank you. I, I'm just trying to relay stories about my life the same way that you relay stories about your life by talking about smoking marijuana and your Cheeto dick. <laughs> 
I think stand-up comedy, Mutiny Radio Festival, I think stand-up comedy is nothing but the closest equivalent that we have to classic country music. I think modern-day stand-up comedy is the closest equivalent that we have to classic country music. It's men and women of all different backgrounds, but mostly sad, drunk white men <laughs> telling stories about life, love, and loss. I consider myself to be the Randy Travis of Portland, Maine, Mutiny Radio. Sometimes after shows, people have questions about having Asperger's syndrome. They have questions about having Asperger's syndrome, like, are you a genius? Are you a savant? Do you know a lot about intricate subjects? Do you know a lot about intricate subjects, like the Eurorail, the train system of Europe? <laughs> Do you know a lot about the Eurorail, the trains traveling the continent of Europe? Do you know a lot about the Eurorail? <laughs> Do you know everything that there is to know about the International Court of Justice at The Hague in the Netherlands? Do you know everything that there is to know about the International Court of Law at The Hague in the Netherlands? Do you know a lot about experimental avant-garde 20th century composer Philip Glass? <laughs> Do you know about avant-garde, experimental, groundbreaking composer Philip Glass? Worked with Paul Simon and David Bowie, occasionally crosses over into film scores such as 1998's The Truman Show, 2002's The Hours, and Martin Scorsese's Kundun. Do you know about avant-garde composer Philip Glass? I'm like, that is really not the case with me. I know less about the Eurorail, and everything that there is to know about the International Court of Justice at The Hague in the Netherlands, and experimental groundbreaking composer Philip Glass, and I know more about Greyhound bus lines, who is in every intercontinental title match at every WWE WrestleMania, <laughs> and the insane clown posse. I have what you call low-class, high-functioning autism. That is, my, <laughs> that is my condition in life. Sometimes people, uh, people ask me, uh, ask me about living with my parents. How do you like, like, how, how do you living with your parents? I got, I got cool ass parents. My younger brother's actually here. He can vouch. I got pretty cool ass parents. Dad smokes weed. Played in punk rock bands back in the day. He's cool ass. I had a, I recently had a row though with my mother, Lynn McGrath. Now this is out, this is recorded, so she'll hear about this row. And then next year at the Mutiny Radio Festival, she'll tell her side of the story. <laughs> but my mother, Lynn McGrath, from Portland, Maine, she, uh, she, we had a row. She uh, donated all of my Insane Clown Posse t-shirts to Goodwill without telling me. When I was, I, my t-shirt collection's gotten too large, and uh, she had donated all my Insane Clown Posse t-shirts to Goodwill. And when I got home, I was, I found out my Insane Clown Posse t-shirts were gone. And I went out, uh, she was in the garden out front and she was, uh, she was gardening. And I, I went out and confronted her and I was, started screaming at my mother. I, I was screaming at my mother and I was getting red faced. Um, I'm, I'm not proud to admit this, but I gave my mother the swear finger in the process of this heated exchange. I was screaming at my mother. I was red faced, giving her the swear finger and the neighbors uh, started gathering and watching this scene. This 29-year-old man screaming red-faced at his mother and giving her the swear finger about his insane clown posse t-shirts. <laughs> I had to take a step back and take a deep breath, and I, I, I felt a weird sense of pride at that moment. <laughs> because that was the first moment where I truly felt like a juggalo. <laughs>
I've actually been, you know, I've been actually doing a fair amount of finger blasting lately, Mutiny Radio. <laughs> I've been doing a fair amount of finger blasting. I'm not going to brag about my sex life too much because there's always one guy in the audience that's like, man, fat autistic juggalos are getting laid and I'm not. <laughs> this is a bunch of bullshit. But I will say this, autism, it doesn't just speak anymore. Autism fucks, baby. Woo! That's good. I've been doing good. Hell yeah, the sexy sax. I'm waiting for that all night. Hell yeah, but it's just learning. I mean, I, I, I'm a late bloomer. I'm, I'm, I'm not too proud to admit that. I mean, uh, uh, not too proud. Yeah, I'm not too, you know, I'm, I'm whatever. I'm a late bloomer. I'm still learning a lot of things about sexual intercourse and the art of lovemaking. Uh, just three times in the past six months, I've gotten IUDs, IEDs, and UTIs mixed up. I cannot get them straight. I got an IUDs, IEDs, UTIs mixed up. I was doing a show recently, and after the show, I was having penis and vagina sex with a young lady. It was hot and heavy. She pulled me in, and she said, Connor, don't worry about where you finish, because I have an IUD. I'm like, oh, my God. You have got a bomb? You're going to blow us up? You're gonna blow me up and yourself up in a fiery murder-suicide? Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, no. Look, I, I've been doing comedy for seven years now. I can take constructive criticism. If you don't like one of my jokes, just politely tell me after the show. But to seduce me, lure me back to your apartment, undress me, and allow me to stick my penis in your vagina, blow myself up and your, yourself up in a fiery murder-suicide. I think that is a cruel, sick, and twisted, demented act, ma'am. And she said, no, 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 Connor, that's an IED. I have an IUD. I'm like, oh. So it hurts really bad when you pee. Do you want me to stop right now? Should we get some cranberry juice at the 7-Eleven? Is this bothering you? And she said, no, 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 Connor. I have an IUD. It's a birth control device. It's implanted in my uterus. That means you can ejaculate wherever you want. I'm like, oh, ejaculate? Well, I don't even have an erection anymore. I was too concerned about dying in a fiery murder-suicide, and then I felt bad because it hurt when you peed. I'm going to need a moment to call timeout coach and muster up the nerve again to perform this act of lovemaking. Do you have any Barks root beer in your refrigerator? I'll leave you with this parting erotic thought for you. A lot of people have favorite sexual role-playing scenarios. Some people like uh, Dr. Nurse. Some people like student teacher. My favorite sexual role-playing scenario when I'm with a young lady is I like to pretend that I'm Chris Farley and the girl's David Spade. <laughs> Fat guy in a little condom. All right, that's my time. Thanks, everybody. Get back to your host. Guys, this has been live music back. Give it up for breakfast, pee breakfast. <laughs> Holding it down. Give it up for all the comics you saw. And also give it up for Virgin Airlines for buying the bullshit about me headlining this thing as I got here. Keep it going for yourselves. Thanks, guys. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts?
things do before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz latin gospel hip-hop and traditional folk ballads great stuff check it out labor and love is every saturday 10 a.m to 12 p.m serve somebody Welcome to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Yes, uh, it fell off the wall and the glass shattered and they felt terrible and they want to know how much money to give you for the glass or to serve, save. They were, yeah, I was like, what do you want to do? The glass. Uh, but it, they slammed the door, it fell off the wall. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here. It's a Friday night here at MutinyRadio.fm. We're going to turn on the... The lights outside so people can see that this is a place that's cool, that they can go inside. Uh, and they cleaned up the glass, which was exciting. The last people that broke something just left the glass on the ground. And I was like, why? Why? Did you get on your knees and your I did. I, did. <laughs> I was so sad. And it was such a difficult moment. Uh, unlike... Every other moment here at Mutiny Radio, am I right? Yeah. So that's one thing about how exciting us it is to be here for Pam Pass's Comedy Clubhouse. Uh, we're gonna get all the comics here and get it all together. Uh, we're gonna put the chairs back in a recognizable order. It looks like people just—they just throw shit. It's just so funny. There's just garbage all over the bathroom. You know what? You know why I hate actually putting out paper towels. I actually like it when I don't bring out paper towels because then there's no paper towel garbage to pick up because people just throw them willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Should have a band called Willy-nilly. Oh, yeah. Scott O'Walker has two art shows in San Francisco right now. He has one at mutinyradio.fm and he has one at Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. 
uh, but go see Scott O. Walker's art. Yeah, there's a, it's at Bender's and it's here. He's a collage artist. Jonathan's very excited about it. Yes. Yay! I got a I got a cat. This show isn't. Um, I got a yeah. We got a kitten. But Jonathan, before you start doing the door and being a champion, can you make the chairs be normal? Like I wish I could do it together. Like okay, thank you. I'm like, how did this? happened with the chairs like all weird i mean we're waiting for the throngs of people to come spilling in the doors here at mutiny radio for the hell hat some of you might or might not remember you guys remember quirk remembers he's an elephant he's been around forever uh jonathan remembers and i don't know if you remember scott oh david obviously remembers but uh the hell hat we used to do this thing called the hell hat where i would write all these things down on pieces of paper and i would ask other people and i would be influenced by strange things and i would write all these things down and then i make stand-ups pull them out and do stand-up improv stand-up because i think that improv is usually kind of boring and weird because it's sort of hit or miss but like stand-ups doing improv stand-up i think is funny i'm just saying i don't want you to like meme a like mime a banana or something. I think that's dumb. But if you talked about miming a banana, I think that's cool. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Funny You're so is, helpful and awesome. Yay! So we're. Um, I got a. I got a kitten today. Very unexpected. I have a new kitten. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna see if we can change that name. That's one of the names. That's one of the things in the. I mean, it makes sense. It made it make more sense if he was a white cat. If it was a white cat, but if it was a white cat, naming it Falcor would make more sense because it was like an iridescent white dog dragon. Okay. Well, look at all the CD volumes are up. Sub mixers up. Mics are. Yeah. 
left her so long, girl And with the way you look I understand that you were not impressed But I heard you let that little friend of mine Take off your party dress I'm not gonna get too sentimental Like those other stick of valentines See you this way 